Welcome to another episode of Gerocast, a podcast that explores the lived experience of older adults. Today, we will be exploring the topic of providing interdisciplinary care for older adults. After listening to this episode, you should be able to provide a brief overview of the possible role of a physiotherapist in an interdisciplinary team, provide a background on the importance of interdisciplinary approaches when working with older adults, and discuss frameworks to facilitate communication between team members, and discuss some strategies for optimizing interdisciplinary teamwork in a healthcare setting. By definition, interdisciplinary care is a philosophy and a process of care that integrates the specialized knowledge of multiple disciplines. Importantly, interdisciplinary care provides high-quality care to older adults with a variety of complex needs. With an aging population and a larger number of patients with more complex needs associated with chronic diseases, the need for interdisciplinary teamwork is increasing. In Ontario, there are 11 regional geriatric programs, also known as RGPs, which are essentially networks of specialized geriatric services that work in collaboration with physicians, community health professionals, and other team members to meet the complex needs of older adults living with complex health concerns. Interprofessional Comprehensive Geriatric Assessments, or CGAs, are a part of RPGs and are considered the standard of care for specialized geriatric services for frail older adults. A comprehensive geriatric assessment can be initiated by any member of the interprofessional team who has received appropriate training. Through this structure, all team members function as a geriatric assessor, sharing a common set of competencies. Team members contribute additional information using the lens of profession-specific geriatric knowledge and skills, and together, the team creates a comprehensive plan of care in collaboration with the patients. Today, we are joined by our two guests, Cheryl and Sarah, who will be speaking about their experiences as geriatric assessors. So to start things off, we'll first introduce Cheryl. So welcome to the podcast. Would you be able to tell us a little bit about yourself? I'm a geriatric assessor with the West Geriatric Assessment Outreach Team uh, with the Regional Geriatric Program of Eastern Ontario. Awesome. And Cheryl, what is your um, educational background? So I did my Bachelor of Science in Physiotherapy at McGill and graduated in 2002. Okay, great. Um, And so in order to become um, a geriatric assessor, what kinds of uh, additional education did you require? So geriatric assessors um, are from any allied health or nursing background. So some of my colleagues are occupational therapists, nurses, uh, social workers, or physiotherapists. And um, at the time of becoming kind of transitioning from a ward physio to geriatric assessment, it was really with a background of geriatric expertise and um, quite a lot of um, intensive training as a geriatric assessor, shadowing a more experienced assessor for a good three to four months before I was uh, set out to, to fly on my own. 
Okay. And can you um, maybe describe what exactly your role is on the geriatric assessment team? Sure. It um, So the geriatric uh, assessors here in the Ottawa region, we are, work out of the Champlain Lynn, and we uh, do comprehensive geriatric assessments. So that's entailing um, kind of the physical piece, social, mental health, pain, nutrition, sleep, cognition, mobility, um, quite an extensive, I think our assessment questionnaire, it sounds a lot, is about uh, 26 pages that we've put together as an evidence-based assessment. So it usually takes uh, pre-COVID um, an, an hour and a half to two hours, sometimes up to two and a half hours in the, um, we call them clients because they're in their own home. So we would go to retirement homes or um, individual homes. We don't go into long-term care and we do a comprehensive assessment and the nuts and bolts of the geriatric assessment is the why. So what's changed? What's new and different? Why is this individual falling all of a sudden? Why are there new cognitive changes? Um, so it's kind of really investigative, uh, digging the details um, and then making recommendations based on our findings. Okay. Okay. And Cheryl, is it typically um, just yourself that goes in and conducts the assessment or are you typically with um, a team member? So uh, it's just one person. So we get cross-trained, obviously, when I came into this role with a background of physiotherapy and I started my career in pediatrics. So I've done the full spectrum, um, you know, came in with a very much a physiotherapy lens and learned from my colleagues who came in with, you know, pure OT lenses and the nursing piece um, and hence the four months of training of ramping up um, and learning um, really the nuts and bolts of everything. Um, when we talk about teamwork, um, we do work with a geriatrician or um, and we con case conference our cases um, with with him. So in this current role, um, it's Inter interdisciplinary, multidisciplinary in the sense that my colleagues all have different expertise. Everyone still kind of turns to me as the falls expert, um, you know, if they've got a complex case with my physiotherapy background. Um, but really, whether you send me in or my colleague whose background is nursing, that individual would get the same assessment. So you mentioned... Um that because your background, you know, is in physio, you do kind of tend to look at things through that kind of PT lens um, and other people look at cases through their specific lens. Does that ever pose um, any challenges? Yes and no. Um, uh I think part of what we all enjoy, you know, we're a team of five or six um, on the West team. And uh, I think we, we like the fact that it challenges us and pushes us beyond our, shall we say, formal education. And we're always learning new things. Um, definitely, when I have a, um, a, a case that's very mental health um, background with some social issues, elder abuse. I don't, that is not my area of expertise. I feel uncomfortable and great to have teammates um, that I can turn to for advice um, on that front. Okay. Okay. So it's nice to, I guess, have that collaboration. Exactly. Let's take a moment to reflect. 
So far, we've heard Cheryl describe her roles and duties as a geriatric assessor. Based on what we've heard, what do you think some short-term and long-term benefits of geriatric assessments may be for clients? Feel free to pause the recording for a few moments as you actively reflect on your answer. All right, well, thank you, Cheryl, for sharing your insight with us today. It was really great to hear from you. Um, Next, we'll shift gears a little bit and talk to Sarah, who is also a physiotherapist and a geriatric assessor. And before we begin, um, I just wanted to acknowledge that there is a little bit of background noise in the upcoming clips. I don't think it takes away from the listening experience, um, but just something to be aware of. So um, my name is Sarah Stricke. I'm a physiotherapist and a geriatric assessor. Um, currently, I'm with Greer Continuing Care. Would you be able to walk us through what a typical um, geriatric assessment may look like? Sure. Yeah. So um, our assessments are very comprehensive. You know, they're sort of on average uh, an hour and a half to two hours, depending um, on the complexity of the client. So most of our referrals come through the family physicians, the primary care providers, and are triaged to different specialized geriatric services. So when they come to outreach, um, we typically go in the home. So do very comprehensive um, chart review and background check. We uh, you know, gather resources from um, all of our electronic health records and all of the documentation that comes to us. And then complete um, these assessments. We really look at everything from, um, you know, the medications, medical history. We talk about how they're eating and sleeping, bowel and bladder function, um, overall function as well, cognitive assessment, driving, if if that's, um, if if the patient is an active driver. Um, And then, of course, mobility and falls. Then when we take all of that information and we put together um, a comprehensive report and refer to collateral sources. So after the assessment, sometimes we need to go back to um, either care providers like Champlain Lynn, um, primary care providers, as well as family um, and, um, you know, neighbors, community support, people, whoever really supports these people. And to make sure we have a great snapshot of who they are, um, we conference our files each week with a geriatrician. So that helps sort of guide us in sort of the need for specialized geriatric services. And, um, and then from there, complete a standardized clinical report with our impressions and our recommendations. Um, sometimes we make recommendations for further specialized geriatric services, whether that's through day hospitals or geriatric clinics, memory programs. Sometimes it's linking them with community resources, making medical recommendations back to family physician um, or community resources and support to family. And and sometimes we have very little um, to offer and that's because things are going quite well, you know, so we've got that snapshot. It's still really valuable though in those situations because then you know, if they come, that referral comes back to us a year from now or two years from now, we have that picture of where they are now that we can refer to, which is, um, you know, it allows us to really see what's new and what's different and to look and sort of ask those why questions. Because I think that's sort of the ongoing um, important piece of what we do is it's always the why, you know, why has this changed? Why is this different? You know, why are you falling? Why is your son taking over? 
financial management? You know, why are these things happening? And asking those important questions um, so we can really look at the geriatric giants and kind of get a, a true picture of who these people are. Right. Okay. Well, thank you for that great explanation. From your perspective, uh, why do you think taking a multidisciplinary approach to caring for older adults is important? I really think there's no other way to do it. You know, we can't really see the parts without looking at the whole. Um, so I think it's, you know, it's really important for us to have that um, comprehensive overview and, and understanding that, you know, even though we're all doing this sort of the same job with different backgrounds, there's going to be limitations to what our clinical knowledge is and where those boundaries exist. So having, you know, shared vision and goals and open and direct communication and understanding when we need to kind of reach out to other team members to really complete um, the picture of who these people are so we can make the best recommendations in the moment for them. So having that kind of mutual respect and clearly defined roles and responsibilities within the team helps us to, to provide the best recommendations. Why did you choose to work with the geriatric population? What drew you to that population? Yeah, you know, I don't know. I think these are my people. I was just like, my kids even, you know, we're out in the store and I'll be, they'll see me, you know, looking at uh, this little older gentleman yeah. and, and they're like, I know, mom, those are your people. Yeah. Um, you know, I just, um, so I've just always been drawn to older adults. Yeah. And, and I think it probably goes back to, um, you know, when my grandparents were young or when I was young and my grandparents were, um, were elderly and we were helping to support them. And it was just always something I was really drawn to. And so I feel really passionate about it and hearing their stories and, and respecting, you know, their rights to full and accessible health care across the continuum of their life journey. Um, I think it's important to do that. And, and, you know, it's sometimes sort of the forgotten piece of, um, you know, in our, in our communities and our society. And it's just so empowering sometimes to hear these people and, and, you know, what they've contributed to the world and, and that, you know, and they really appreciate the opportunity to share what those are. And I think as long as we keep hearing their stories and telling their stories and um, it's, um, it's, it's so important to the, you know, to our whole, our society as a whole, but also the, the, the healthcare delivery. And, you know, and I mean, I think from a, just from a practical perspective, you know, we have to understand our aging population is the greatest users of our system. Um, when we look at chronic disease management um, and we look at, you know, threats to our healthcare system, our universally funded healthcare system as a whole, um, providing care that's equitable for this population is, is, you know, not just a right, but it's it's mandatory. It's something that we're going to have to do. We want to continue to provide um, the system and maintain it as it is. Right. Very well said. Um, do you have any pieces of advice for, you know, maybe a new grad who is just just starting out working with the geriatric population or even just working in a multidisciplinary team setting? Um, understand that everyone has their own stories that they're bringing to the table and their own, you know, issues. So having a shared vision, um, keeping your communication open and direct and mutually respectful, um, clearly defined roles and responsibilities within a team. So if there does seem to be a bit of confusion or mismatch, 
okay, well, what are you doing? And what am I doing? And where are we going with this? Like, you know, just trying to make sure that's action focused and you have those, um, those goals identified. I think that can go a long way to supporting a successful team. Um, in terms of, you know, the geriatric population, um, I think you have to really, you know, listen to their, listen to them. And, you know, as I said, listen to their stories. And even though many of them are bringing forward, you know, cognitive impairments and there's limitations, there's still people there um, deserving of our respect and deserving of our skills. Thank you very much for uh, taking the time out of your day to chat with me. (laughs) Yeah, you're welcome. Good luck with your project. Today, we've had the opportunity to hear Cheryl and Sarah share their stories about working as geriatric assessors on an interdisciplinary team. They spoke about the type of training required to become a geriatric assessor, the role of the geriatric assessor on an outreach team, and what a typical assessment may look like, and of course, why they chose to work in the field of geriatrics. Please consider the following case. A 65-year-old patient, who we will call Ken, has a number of complex conditions, including hepatic encephalopathy, chronic heart failure, and advanced Parkinson's disease that are severely impacting his day-to-day life and functioning. Additionally, Ken has a severe cognitive impairment. Ken's spouse reports that she is finding it increasingly difficult to care for him. For your group assignment, please answer the following questions. 1. Please provide an overview of comprehensive geriatric teams and the benefit of interdisciplinary care and collaboration. 2. What may a comprehensive geriatric assessment reveal about Ken, who we heard about in the case? 3. What community-based supports may Ken benefit from? 4. What healthcare professionals would you suggest work with Ken? Specifically, please describe how they may help him and what services they could offer. 5. How may comprehensive geriatric assessments translate into better care for older adults versus traditional approaches which may only focus on a singular health problem? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Jerocast. Please visit www.rehab.queensu.ca/jerocast to access the full list of people and resources that made this project possible. Thank you.